Welcome to the first ever episode of Holy Tech Talk, the voice of dreamers who immigrated from far and wide to make it in the startup nation. My name is Daniel Baz, and I'll be your host on this show. For the first episode of Holy Tech Talk, we have the pleasure to host Adia Gozlan. Adir is working at Cato Network as a data scientist. He's also an ex-Akamai, where he worked as a security data scientist. But for him, it is not enough to just be a master expert in cybersecurity. He is one of the founders of the now well-known new immigrants network, Olim in Tech. Adir, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. All right, Adir, um, I uh, introduced you, but uh, I'd like you to give just, you know, a... Uh, Introduce yourself uh, on your own words. So very quickly, uh, just a bit about my life story. As you can hear, I was born uh, and raised in France. Quickly realized it's not the place where I want to grow uh, as a person and uh, very quickly left to New York where I did my studies. We met there. Um, so bachelor, master's in applied physics, uh, following which I came, I came to Israel. I wanted to get out of the academic world and, uh, and really get to the Tachles. And Israel is very well known for combining high So level. wait, wait, wait. You, 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 you fast, all right. That, that is the fast forward story. Okay. You started in New York, right? Yeah, I did. For how long have you been in New York? I was there for seven years. Seven years. Seven years. So you attended Yeshiva University, of yes. course, because we were teammates <laughs> over there. And then you, you went to Colombia, right? Yeah. So what did you study in Colombia? So in Colombia, I started with a bachelor in applied physics. Uh, loved the field, very intense, uh, and decided to continue for a master's. Uh, and that's where it ended. And so now, if you look back on when you were in New York, were you already thinking of eventually uh, projecting your professional life in Israel at that time? Not really, not really. I was there really living like the American dream. I wanted to stay there, continue there. Israel was always connected to us uh, on some level, you know, Judaism, a bit of Zionism at home. But uh, I never had that plan of really like, yeah, I'm going to go to Israel. That's so it. you graduate from Columbia University and then what? So after the grad school, um, I had the possibility to stay, you know, we have like a visa that's extended for students uh, where you have like a little lapse of time where you can uh, look for a job. But I felt that I had enough of it after seven years. Um, and there were a bunch of things, maybe we can uh, talk about them uh, in the continuity of the discussion. but. There was no feeling, and I think that's something that a lot of people feel after their studies. I didn't feel like I have a skill set that can yeah, be applied right now to the industry. I felt that I'm missing some sort of bridge uh, to make my skill set. I knew that I was very technical. I knew how to do things. The math uh, were a tool that I used a lot, but, but there was still something that was missing for me, uh, and I didn't feel ready yet for the industry. So... You graduated from Yeshiva University, then you pursued to Columbia, where you also get a degree and you still have the feeling that you are missing uh, a tool like, like some skills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it is why the reason why you came to Israel just to 
Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. So one of them was that I couldn't see myself continuing like as a physic, as a physician, uh, as, as a physics professional in the industry. That's not something I wanted to do. When I explored this direction, it was always jobs in labs, and I didn't feel that was my my um, my true self. Uh, and the reason I came to Israel was that it was very well known for being a place where you can combine high academic level to very toughless industry and build something towards a, a better future. And we all heard about those great startups that were doing amazing things, almost unthinkable things, breaking the impossible. Like there was something very exciting about about it professionally at that time. Yeah. How much do you know about one Israel and that industry in general almost nothing almost nothing it's so the startup dream straight up you you just like fantasizing about yeah, it Yeah, exactly exactly it was really like uh for me uh more more professional oriented first of all like i said israel was not like uh like something i really wanted to do like a dream of going to israel um but uh but yeah professionally there was something exciting some sort of very vague uh uh, energy did you know anyone here did, did, like you had any like role models maybe that you were referring to as oh i know that guy we have the same uh, uh, educational path uh, maybe you know i relate to that and maybe i want to follow uh, his footstep or, or anything that you know triggered ju just just yeah. more than just like that image that you projected yeah. something more concrete so there was, uh, when I came to Israel, I started by doing a program uh, that's called uh, <coughs> Israel Tech Challenge. Yeah, right. Uh, and I knew people who did that and uh, they found jobs uh, in data science and in cybersecurity. And that's something that I could relate to. Uh, I wouldn't say role model, but, but definitely somebody with a similar background as mine that did that and was very happy with his life and with, his, uh, with the career path that he chose. And that also motivated me at that point where I felt a bit like lost, not knowing how to do that switch from academia to industry. And I saw people who did that in that way. And, and that was part of the motivation for me to, to, to come. So I understand that you come to Israel and you start uh, studying, I mean, studying just like yeah. you enrolled into Israeli Tech Challenge. So you are an Israeli Tech Challenge alumni. Yeah. Uh, another thing on the resume, you know, that's, that's, that's always good. Um, and, and so you say that uh, that's the Israeli Tech Challenge that basically uh, helped you uh, step onto, like, yeah. literally into the in, in Definitely. high tech industry. For, for, first of all, it was a bit comfortable because going out of the study, I was very... Um, of my studies, I was very academic still in my mind. So it was a good bridge where you learn a new skill set, but you learn a new skill set applied to to the to real problems, to the industry. And and uh, so it was, it was a very comfortable uh, transition. Uh, what, what was it like, the, the program, like in, so in, like in a few words? It was it, it's a very intensive uh, sort of boot camp in that sense. They, they take in uh, people with engineering background with a uh, with at least uh, some knowledge in math and uh, and in computer science, and they teach you the tool of the trade uh, for being a data scientist. Uh, it's very intense. It's like 9 a.m., 9 p.m. every day for six, seven months. Then they send you to a project uh, at companies. First of all, during those first months, you actually work with companies on their problem on real data, real information. You see like the real so type of problems. The first few months, you already 
had that sense of what it is to work yeah, within exactly. an hyperstructure within. Exactly. And so what, what was your first reaction and emotions? I loved it. I was very excited. I was learning new things uh, that were still using my knowledge as a, as a person comfortable with the math, with the statistics, with the computers, but still learning new things. And I was also, also learning about this whole scene of cybersecurity. I knew nothing about it and I loved it so much that ever since my career has been as a security professional while being a data scientist, always working on problems around that security industry. And so fast forward, you graduate from Israeli Tech Challenge. I guess a um, few companies maybe come at the end of the program, eventually offered some jobs. What, how was it for you like that at so that moment? There were, there were a few tracks. It's a very stressful time uh, I, uh, and I, I, I could see it around. I'm a person that deals quite well with this type of stress. But uh, I could see people around me going crazy, you know, these few months where you're not sure where you're going to go, what you're going to do. It's very stressful and there are various tracks and ways of getting to your end goal. Uh, some people just got straight away their dream job at Microsoft. Uh, you're going to be a great researcher now today for us. Some people, it's not as straightforward, you know, you have to, to, to work your way through. You're not going to get necessarily the first job is not necessarily going to be your dream job with everything that you want. Uh, but the main point I think that was important is to find that first job that's still going to contribute to your career path on a longer term. Which was the case for you? Definitely. I was very happy with the, the first job I got, which was at uh, Akamai. Uh, I was in the research team. I was the first uh, data scientist in that team. Uh, How what, what was the, the recruiting process? Like just before just knowing you, got, you get the job. Like yeah. So you say you handle pretty much uh, well pressure and stuff etc okay i get it but you still have that anxiety from like all right graduate from israeli tech challenge i know i'm i have a good profile i'm smart but still i have to nail my first job yeah not from what i understand not knowing pretty much anyone within the industry so yeah. how is it like like the first so interview and so on so why while you come really alone and you're not connected to anybody and you don't have any sort of network to help you uh, get that job. Uh, Israel Tech Challenge did quite a good job of, of connecting us to a few people. Uh, and while the, the job and the interview process I got um, at Akamai didn't originate from them, uh, it originated from a connection of a connection that started uh, with them. So without knowing, you were already into the Haver, maybe Haver uh, process. Um, so, so actually, <laughs> I, I found that out a bit later when I was already working. But somebody I don't know referred me there. And I really don't know that person. I don't know how he but got But he probably it. made good money out of it. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Great programs. Uh, but yeah, the, the interview process, you know, as every interview process, very stressful. First job, you 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 try to work your way with the interview um, with interview books, and they give you examples of the sort of problems that were that are gonna be asked technically. And I think I was very focused on that. I shouldn't have focused so much on that. I think that, that there's also like a personal connection type of thing that, that happened for me there. Uh, because you're not going to be perfect technically on your first job. You know, you, you, you're, gonna, you're, you're always going to miss a few elements that are needed. And you need to convince the person in front of you to, to take the chance with you. And that, that's something that happens on a more personal level. Uh, and that's what happened. It was it was very 
it was a very stressful time. I remember like the, the second, my last interview there, uh, I was asked to prepare something like a presentation and I had uh, 30 minutes to give it. And after five minutes, the guy just said, okay, okay, we're good. And he left. And I was, I like, mean, you, we good. What we good, exactly, we good or exactly. we good. Like I should go home and just, so I really didn't know. I was like, okay, wait, you didn't let me explain. I know many more things. Like, let me tell you. Um, but then uh, the HR person came back uh, and told me, yeah, he, he loved you. And he said five minutes were enough and you got it. So that was your, I mean, back then, you still don't know how much and how the industry, I mean, high tech industry in Israel works and how crazy it is of an industry uh, in, the, in a good sense, obviously. But so you, that's your first uh, take on just like, hey, yeah, we're good after five minutes and just like, hey, you, the intro coming in and be like, yeah, you get the job. Yeah. <laughs> so almost unbelievable for it you. It was crazy. It was crazy. I didn't know anything. I, I even didn't know the company so well. And like when you're in the tech industry, you know Akamai and Akamai definitely knows you. But uh, from outside of it, you don't really know what it is. You don't know the beast that Akamai is and you don't know how, how, uh, how much information they have. And as a data scientist, that's something that's super exciting. Can you give us a high level of what is Akamai for all the listeners that might eventually not know? So I'll just give you some numbers. Today, there's an estimate of uh, 30% of the daily internet traffic that goes through uh, Akamai server at some point. Uh, that means that like for every uh, for every uh, hour you spend online, there's probably 20 minutes of uh, your traffic that goes through Akamai. Uh, they're originally a content delivery network, meaning that uh, when a company has uh, when a company has data information that they want to serve online, this data is stored somewhere physically. And if you're far away from that place, it's going to take time to arrive to you. So Akamai is like a, a middleman, a network in the middle that gets this information uh, and tries to find the, the fastest route to, to your actual computer when you request it. Uh, and that gives them also a very strong position in terms of security because they're going to be the first to see the request for the information and to get the information. So, so they have a very uh, good position to the security and that's where their security business uh, comes in. Um, so very exciting for a data scientist to get uh, to get your hands on so much. What does it mean to be a data scientist at Akamai? What's, so what's your job? Like what's your? It means going through daily petabytes of data, um, trying to look for patterns. Uh, so again, it was security oriented. So we're trying to look for attacks and how to recognize them automatically, how to build models and algorithms that are going to evolve with the attack and be able to find them although they're going to change because that's a landscape that's always moving. Um, so we need to make sure that our system is smart enough to evolve together with the attackers. Um, a lot of the work I did there was around the bot detection. So today uh, there's, a, there's a large usage of bots for many types of things, some good, some bad. Um, we wanted to identify them, figure out whether they're good or bad, know when to block them, when to slow them down. Uh, we don't want them to eat too much of your traffic. Sometimes uh, we don't want them to attack you again. So that's that's the sort of things that... Uh, and you said you were the first guy in your team. I mean, the... 
So I was the first data scientist in the research team uh, of the web security uh, division there. Meaning they placed a bet on you. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I started, I started uh, really trying to bring those technologies uh, to some of the to some of the products and uh, and the processes that happened there. Uh, it, it it was very successful. After just a few months, they decided that we 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 should have a, a data science team within the research team. Uh, so that was that was quite a success. What um, was your biggest challenge at that point? Like was it the language, the culture, the rhythm, the anything? Like what what did like what do you remember as being just like uh, you know complicated to adapt or just challenging in a good way or? Everything was challenging, you know, it's a first job. You don't know how the dynamics work. You don't know how much you should invest in your social interactions with the people. You don't know how how you should organize the work. And uh, especially as a first data scientist, you don't know who to talk to. And also this is my first job, so I'm not a subject matter expert, you know. So I need to present a face where I know enough to be the only data scientist in the team, but I also need to be able to learn and where do I get that learning if I don't have like a mentor on, on, on place. And that brought me to a place where I became a very um, self-motivated, self, uh, self-learning uh, learning person, trying to find all the sources where I can get information. And I'm very, I'm very happy that happened because it expanded my expertise domain to, to uh, to a much larger uh, area. I'm not just looking at the algorithm and research them. I became very good at development, architecture, many, many other things. How was it to be a Ole Hadash within such a huge company? Uh, so it was a challenge. Uh, it was a challenge um, on many levels. So I'm lucky enough to have a, a good Hebrew. Um, so you speak well in Hebrew? Yeah, I speak well in Hebrew. That's and, good. And, and that was, I think, uh, a critical part of the social success, at least. Because without that, you know, people say, if you didn't do the army, you're going to have trouble integrating, etc. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. Uh, but I think that without either the Hebrew or the army, I would have been uh, completely lost. So that definitely was a helper. But uh, beyond that, Lacking that network is what uh, moved us to found, uh, we co-founded Olimin Tech because we felt that although we, we, we arrive here and we might find jobs and we might do well in those jobs, there's an element that's missing for, for, for the Olim that arrive here uh, already starting a career and that's the, the network. So you're making the perfect intro about Olim uh, in tech. So exactly. you, right. you, you, you founded with many others yeah. uh, Olim in tech. So you were at Akamai when you founded Olim yeah, in tech, right? Correct. Uh, pitch Olim in tech. Who are you guys? So what we wanted to do is first of all, build a community, a community of Olim that uh, can help each other uh, in the tech world in Israel, because Israel is a small country. And when you're Israeli, you have your network, whatever happens, you know, either the people, you know, from the army and they know other people that can connect you to other things. And you arrive here completely lonely. When you're a technical person, uh, you can find a tech job definitely because this is a tech hub and uh, and uh, companies are, are flourishing here. But you'll always be missing that extra thing that the Israelis have. And you need to find a way to build it much faster than, than them. 
building a network, building a community is something that takes a lot of time. It's effort and time and there's nothing to do. But what we wanted to do is give a platform for Dozolim to actually be able to, to ease that pain. And we've seen that a lot of the, the questions that are asked on the, on the group in the community are, does somebody know a person at such and such company? Does somebody know a person that can help me with my resume and looking for a job? Does somebody... Does it work? Yes, it does. Definitely. So Definitely how many does. people today are in Olim in Tech? So there's around, I think, 5,000 uh, members. Um, and we have a bunch of events. Now with Corona, things slow down Obviously. a bit, of course, but uh, we usually have at least one, two events per month. Uh, at least one happy hour and one uh, talk event, content-based event. Uh, we do have some workshops sometimes, you know, technical workshops, Lester technical workshops. And uh, we're very community-oriented, meaning that because we're all part of, the, of, of that group that we're trying to represent, we're all Olim in tech, uh, we, we also listen a lot to the community in, in terms of what they want. Uh, do you want a workshop? Do you want to hear a technical person talk about technical matters? Do you want to meet VCs? Uh, it's all sort of events around those things that we felt that we need, and we definitely get validation that people are interested. Absolutely amazing. So, okay, good. So we Holly Tech Talk, we want to be the voice of the Olimin Tech and you guys are the professional network. <laughs> so we good. Uh, we complement each other. So um, Akamai, starting Olimin Tech, then what? Today you work at Kato. So uh, obviously something, what happened, you met someone that made you decide that, all right, I, I need to move on and take on my next challenge. What, what was the the, the, the the thinking behind it cause so i was very happy at akamai because i was building new things for the company but uh as every big uh, big uh, group and big uh big corporate company, I mean, corporate yeah but some, some people are gonna say corporate is, is is a bit negative and that's not what i want to um, when I want to communicate. No, in terms of the structure, the exactly, process. Exactly, the big structure. Like every such big structure, uh, things take time. And I felt that because it was my first job, I wasn't in a place where I could take all this time before learning uh, in a more straightforward way how to impact the product, how to impact the industry. And I was really craving for that impact. And Kato Network definitely had those uh, impact elements. Okay, so how many years attack am I? Uh, about four years. Okay, four years. So before we move on, how, how would you rate your network level after four years at Akamai from one to 10, 10 being the strongest? It's a very hard question. I know. <laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> it's a very hard question because uh, it's hard to, to, to not to be subjective about it. Uh, I feel that I connected a lot with Israelis on a social level at Akamai. Uh, but for my professional level, maybe I would say a four, but I, may, I might be a bit hard on myself, but, but I want to say a four because, because there was definitely room for improvement. And I was also very focused on improving my technical skills and I didn't really have time to, to improve that networking. That so networking. leading me on my next question, 
with a four out of 10 in terms of how much would you rent your uh, network within tech industry in, uh, in, uh, in Israel. Uh, did that four out of 10 help you get your job at Cato Network or what is the story about getting that job? Uh, not really. It was more the credentials, you know, the, the, the high academics, uh, Ivy League, uh, bachelor and master. Uh, big company where I did have uh, notable successes that I could uh, that I could show off. Uh, some connections, you know, in the head hunting that you see all, during those four years, I got a bunch of requests, you know, uh, because those technical skills are quite demanded. Um, I, I didn't really need to to uh, to activate my network per se to find that uh, that position uh, but that means on the other hand that i had to fight very hard uh, on on the technical side you know you have to prove who you are of course because nobody knows you you know who are you you worked at akamai that's great you've built things that's great but you know how much can you do on your own exactly and you need recommenders and this was your first job and you're living it so how can you convince somebody from there to give you the recommendation and how do they really know you? They don't know where you come from. They know you work. So I was I was able to get great recommendations, by the way. Uh, but I was a bit lucky there because I asked it from a manager that had already left the company. Uh, so that helped out. But um, but I think that that a network is definitely needed for when I will want to take the next step, you know, because you're technical, you're applying for a technical job. It's very easy to, to, to check whether you have the set of skills that's needed. But if you're technical and now you're trying to get into leadership and you're trying to get into, um, into things where you're going to use other uh, qualities that you have, you need to find a person that's willing to take that bet on you. And, and so how it is to be uh, an Ivy League graduate with a almost seven years uh, experience within the industry with a lot of ambitions of wanting to be, you know, at some point in a leadership position, how challenging it is? How do you perceive yourself within the industry? Um, I think that it's essential to have a plan and I'm still building that plan. I feel I'm always a work in progress, uh, constant, uh, um, constantly building, uh, building the skills and building the things and networks and everything. Uh, it's it's an exciting place to be, you know. For me, um, I'm I'm always learning things, and there's tens of things that I want to improve, and I'm 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 lacking more of the time, and I'm not bored for a second, you know. I always have something that I need to improve and learn, and and I have those things like laid out in front of me. I know that I need to be better on a social level for this and that. I know that I need to figure out more uh, product skills. I need to still stay on top of my technical stuff. Uh, I need to learn, completely learn this new world that's, uh, that's, uh, that's in front of me where I'm building new things at a new company and, and uh, with people who have a crazy vision, you know, for the future uh, of, uh, of how networking, uh, how uh, technological networking I'm talking, uh, is gonna look like in a few years from now. That's, that, that takes some effort, you know, to align with those visionaries uh, that, uh, that I'm working with. So it's a very exciting place to be. I'm, I'm very happy. How do you think uh, on the other side of the fence, your 
Israeli fellows and colleagues perceive you? Mm, uh, Why, you yummy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's also a bit hard to say. To be honest, I feel that very often when you, when you, when you speak to, to Israelis, when you make connections, professional connections, uh, there's, there's, there's a bit of, of disconnect, you know. Uh, oftentimes, like you feel, yeah, they're gonna... I mean, professionally, they know what I'm capable of, so I'm not talking about that. You but, know? but is that... It, I get it. Uh, you you obviously smart, all right. <laughs> you obviously smart. Um, but is that enough? Is that enough that you you didn't uh, uh, eventually do some of the things that they did all together? That you going to get to that leadership position? Do you do you have the feeling and the belief that it is enough to be smart and to be in your position today, so that? in a couple of years, whatever, you are going to be able to achieve that leadership ambition. No, 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 no not the way I want it. I don't think uh, it, it, it's going to be enough. I think that a lot of Israelis might look at us like a bit of a pet project, you know, okay, he's, he's cool, he has potential, we'll see what he does in, in a few years. Uh, I think that uh, we're in a position where we need to, to fight a bit, you know, um, but I think it's natural and I think that's the that's way... That's the beauty to, of it also. Yeah, yeah. I think it's natural. I think we do it, and I think uh, Israelis are are do value effort, and they do see that that fighting spirit when when they're in front of it. Uh, I think we all made the decision of coming to Israel, uh, and we didn't expect like a breezy a breezy experience. Uh, you're gonna sit on your table and chill out and relax, and you're gonna get everything that you want. Uh, because people are gonna hand it out to you. There, there are no such handouts. Uh, but we're here, you know, with that energy and that optimism and and we, we do it. And so, all right, so we Israelis, obviously, you know, uh, but we are not born Israelis. So what did you teach to the native Israelis and what did they teach you? Okay, so... A lot of things. For, I'll start with what they taught me, um, and that's maybe also because now I'm I'm more I'm more of a startup environment. Uh, oftentimes, I try to be over. You know, I'm not very confident about about what I do, uh, meaning that I build something I really needed to be completely perfect before I'm comfortable with it. Uh, and here I learned, uh, yeah, it's gonna work. You know. Um, so I'm trying not to be over yeah it's gonna work trying to combine that with a bit of a scientific approach because uh, I was formatted that way but I think it's a good combination I think it's a combination that gets me to 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 deliver things that are good uh, without uh, like a bit faster without waiting so for you, them to be perfect you get taught the yala spirit exactly but what what did you teach back uh, many things. I think that Israelis have a lot of, to learn from Olim, uh, honestly, uh, on many levels. First of all, the fact that I'm a bit French, I'm a bit American. I wouldn't say American, but I'm aware of that. I mean, yeah, that. almost nine years in the US, yeah, you seven. can say that. I still, I don't feel American, but, but I did learn the, their way of thinking. And I'm a bit Israeli now, you know, because I've been here and working here and everything. So I think that, that I, I have a good perspective. Uh, on many things that are happening, both dynamically in the group, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to, to, to read social interactions, uh, 
both within the group and also uh, exteriorizing to to um, to the rest of of the organization. You know, those group dynamics they're very important, and I feel that I'm I'm, I'm better at reading them, and I try to 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 teach them that as well. But also maybe like the European um, the European finesse, maybe that's something that's. Uh, that that's debatable. I, Let's say it's debatable, but but yeah, there there's still, something there. I still there. feel that the, the, there has been some contribution uh, <laughs> on that level. Um, so yeah, I think that it's a give and take. But Olim definitely have their spice to add to so, to, to the Israeli industry. So regarding that, what would be uh, sort of advice or advices that you you would give to? Olim that currently live in Israel and are listening to you right now or future Olim that are thinking and or eventually already planning their Aliyah and, and, and listening to you. What, what, what would you advise them for those guys that are going to come and jump onto the startup dream and, and, and we want to work and integrate the high-tech industry in Israel? Yeah. So there are a bunch of things. Uh, the first, uh, I would say, sounds a bit cliche maybe, but People from abroad always have something new to bring, a new way of seeing things, a new way of bringing something new to the table. Um, and that's always something exciting, but you have to work on, on, on turning that in your favor. You know, you have to sell that. You have to make it a part of, of your attributes, not I'm an outsider, please take me in, but, but I'm an outsider and I'm bringing that new thing uh, that you might need and want and, and maybe you're curious about that's number one number two make yourself relevant you know um being 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 relevant to 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 whether it's the set of skills whether it's your connections um that that's a, that a, that i think is 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 the big uh, is also a big uh, thing to prepare for and the third and maybe most important is the state of mind, your state of mind when you're going to come here or whether if you're here and 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 uh, and looking for 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 a job, for a career, building your career. Um, I, I, I found a lot of value in being always optimistic, but always ready for the hard work. It's hard work. You're going to be at a disadvantage at some point. You're not going to know the right people. You're going to feel frustrated because somebody you know that had the right connection. You know, it's a small country. Everybody knows everybody and you're not there. You know, they say that there are two degrees of, of uh, separation between every Israeli, but you're like the third, the fourth degree of separation. And it takes work, you know, to get there, to know these people, to meet them. And it's, it's, it's an effort. Uh, we're making the decision to be here. We have each our reason, but there's a project, there's a dream, there's that optimism, and you have to work for it and do it. And and you know, it 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 really takes the effort and the right state of mind to get there. When looking back, would you have done anything different? Mm, it's also hard to say. Uh, I'm not a person that uh, really looks back at like what I did wrong, what I didn't do right, uh, etc. Think that I'm here, you know. Uh, from the set of decisions that brought me here without getting too uh, philosophical. But, um, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. Uh, I came here for a professional opportunity and fell in love with the place. Really felt very quickly comfortable here and 
I don't think I would have done uh, something uh, different. Maybe I would have been more careful with the connections that I'm making and kept them closer, maintained them better and and uh, not not focus so much on the technical aspect of my uh, of my uh, skills. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I feel I'm in, in a good place and on the right path. Adir, thanks for sharing all of this with us. Um, I am sure that our listeners will easily identify with everything you just said. Uh, just before letting you go, we are going to stress test your knowledge about Israel. All right, oh. you ready? <laughs> uh, it is a true or false game, so you must be quick. Got it? Okay. Good. Hummus was invented out of an attempt from an Israeli chef to reproduce European mayonnaise. <laughs> no, 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 false. Uh, it's false, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Voicemail technology was developed in Israel. Voicemail? Uh, true. You get it right. <sighs> Completely random. Israel is home to the world's only theater company comprised entirely of deaf and blind actors. Uh, I think that's false. Uh, it's a crazy country. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> Life expectancy in Israel is among the highest in the world at 82 years. Probably. Yeah, too much hummus. You know, it's good. I, I heard it's good for the health. <laughs> Coffee and cafes are so good in Israel that it's the only country where Starbucks failed trying to break into the local market. So actually, I know that one is true. So I, honestly, I can't tell if it's true or not, but, but it might be true. So yeah, let's I, just know, say. I know Starbucks didn't break in. Let's say the reason is that cafes are good. And last one, two professors at Jerusalem Hebrew University created the first sherry tomato. Yes, true. Yeah, and so this is why we eat, you know. Sherry tomato all exactly. around. Exactly. And that's a wrap for Harley Tech Talk first episode. Adir, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed that first episode as much as us. See you next month for a new episode of Holy Tech Talk with another special guest. Ciao, everyone. <laughs>